Time for a herd hour here on the porch. Randy Burnside and Justin Arvon coming on here to join me. We're going to talk all things about the herd here. The two-game losing streak following the stunner in South Bend. It's tough. A little therapy action here this, this evening on the porch with us. We're going to get into kind of Huff's dilemma here. What's he going to do to get this thing turned back around? We're also going to talk about big picture, Thunder Street, the tailgating scene, all of that. We're going to do a little rambling on the herd. It's therapy. That's what it's here for. And we're going to enjoy it. We hope you enjoy it with us so you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee, Phil style. In the evening, grab that drink and come on back. It's time to run with the herd. It's a herd hour. Cue the music. So, uh, fellas, we're sinking into the couch here. Have we recovered? I know, Randy, you were just bringing that up. Uh, I mean, how do we feel? I mean, there's a lot of emotions here. We're just going to kind of sit here and talk and kind of uh, try and turn this thing around emotionally because it's it's a dark place right now. Couldn't get much darker in terms of, you know, where our feeling was two and a half weeks ago. Yeah, we definitely went from the penthouse to the outhouse is how it feels. But you know what? It's football. It's life. These things happen. You don't normally win them all. And, uh, you know, you don't lose back to back, Randy, like that. Well, yeah. But you know what, guys? (laughs) Troy, Alabama is a tough place to play. Is that defense good? I think they are. I think they're decent. Um, you know the team. You just gotta. You just gotta get better. I mean, that's all there is to it. The the players have got to take accountability. Obviously, together. Obviously, that needs to happen a lot of getting better and accountability. But where does it start? I mean, is it has to be quarterback, right? Or, or like, see, my my thing on it is, and I want to get y'all's opinion on this real quick. The way they're u- utilizing right now the quarterback situation made that almost a an unfair situation for both of them. Saturday night, and I put that squarely on the coaching staff. Yeah, I, in a way, I do, but it, I mean, anyone could have been back there. And if you've only got a split second to get the ball out of there, you can't remain in the pocket the whole game. And our quarterbacks were not able to do that. They're getting hit every other play. I mean, there were two separate scenarios I can recall where our offensive linemen literally slammed their fist on the ground in frustration because they just kept getting beat like they're standing still. They looked confused. They looked oversized, out athletic, whatever that word would be. Um, <laughs> it was close. Know, it was close. This, there was just a size and speed differential, and I think our tackles were so large and so slow that their ends just ate us for lunch. I mean, just – got underneath of us and ran around us the entire game. And I don't care who'd been back there, you know, taking the snaps. They would have had a rough day. I concur completely, Justin. I think we got beat up front really bad. 
uh, one-on-one matchups. Their people won. We didn't. That's all there is to it. As far as accountability, though, I don't think it's just the quarterback. I mean, you got to – anybody can be a leader. Anybody can go in that locker room and, and be a leader and, and get the team together. And, you know, I think back to 2000, we started off slow. Byron Leftwich was a, a young starter, and things started out poorly. And, you know, a lot of people were jumping off the bandwagon, not real happy, and oh, woe is us. But that team recovered. That team gelled, came together, played lights out the rest of the way, and won a Mid-American Conference Championship. So my hope is this team, uh, someone's going to step up in that locker room. The players will take accountability. They'll band together and turn this thing around because we saw what they're capable of. We saw what they did in South Bend. And if you can do that, then, you know, you've got what it takes to potentially string some really, really good wins together. So hopefully we see that happen soon. I mean, that's that's a fair point. Like, they've definitely got it in them. So now we just need to see it, and hopefully on a consistent basis. And maybe what you guys are saying is is pretty true about our kind of our offensive tackles just being too big. They were too athletic for us on the edges. Notre Dame not necessarily was kind of didn't have the same body types as some of those Troy defensive ends, right? And so they took advantage of us. I hate to wonder if there's something to do with the offensive line coach dismissal and and kind of what happened there with the performance. I mean, it's it's an easy kind of low hanging fruit type question. I, those guys got a lot of pride. It's not like that's something that's going on. But it, it is curious to see how this is kind of going down uh, with this unit that was so dominant in South Bend. And it feels like it's partially due to play call changing. We're putting the offensive line in a bad situation, whereas at Notre Dame we really didn't do that. We allowed them to fire off the football most of the time. I don't necessarily think they're great pass blockers. Well, they're not. and Well, they may be. Let's put it that way. But when you have six foot nine offensive tackles, they better have quick feet. And against Notre Dame, we matched up so much better along the front with them because they have potential NFL style defensive linemen and defensive ends that are large human beings also, um, who aren't maybe don't have the speed that some of these guys for like Troy and Bowling Green do have that are really glorified linebackers playing defensive end and they're just small and quick and they just run around these guys. Uh, and that had happened the last two games all night, the entire time. So I don't, I, I mean, it, it's something to think about. Well, Hey, Justin, we better really watch out then Saturday because Gardner Webb's going to be even more undersized than those two groups of guys. Right. Well, yeah, but hopefully they're undersized. <laughs> I mean, well, if hey, that's it's, the case. If, if that's the case, guys, I hate to tell you, but the majority of the Sun Belt, that, that's what they are. They're, they're undersized guys built for speed. So yep. uh, better figure it out. And, Randy, to your point earlier, you were talking about the 2000 team. That I mean, there were times that season they looked like they couldn't win a football game. They went into Toledo, I think. I was young, but I don't know that they scored. It was like 42 to nothing. 50. Yeah, it was, all, it was a really, really – Really bad, bad game. Yeah, Rain. Toledo was very good at the time, and then that, that home game versus uh, Western Michigan on a Thursday. I still remember that. Mm-hmm. It was a sad day for other reasons in my family. Actually, 
<laughs> that day, but then the losing, the losing of the the great home winning streak, it made it doubly tough as a child on that one. That was tough. But those people matured. That team matured. They banded together. Um, you know, the coaching staff did a great job of talking to the guys about how to come together, um, to band together. Um, and if I, if I, I might be mixing up two different years here, but I believe that was the rubber band year where the coaches gave out rubber bands to everybody and focused on banding together and, and how much stronger you are when you put a lot of bands together as opposed to just one rubber band that you can snap, but then you put three, four, five, so forth. You know, if everybody's doing their job, we win. Uh, you know, if we've got people making mistakes, not doing their job, you know, then you're nothing. But together, if everybody's playing together and they're uh, hitting their assignments, they're doing what they're supposed to do, and, you know, you're going to win football games. So I thought that was a very masterful coaching job by Coach Pruitt and his staff in 2000 with uh, young Byron Leftwich. And then once they got rolling, I mean, it, it didn't stop, you know, 2001, 2002, and, and they were they were solid. Hey, hey, Randy, that 2000 team, did they play in the MAC championship with a 6-5 and five record? I believe they did without yeah, I, looking at it, yes. Because that, that was like when it went back to 11 games for like one season, right, and then it came back to 12 again. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, it was a crazy year. I mean, and there's no reason to think that this year is – is over yet, but we got to talk about the quarterback situation. I think that's where it begins and ends, right? What is going on? We're going to play Lombardi again. I I think what is going on? I don't blame the quarterbacks. I don't, I don't blame those guys at all. But if there's no continuity, you're not going to be able to do anything. That's true. If you're not being rolled out or protected or, or given, you know, some movement back there to, to get pressure off of you and, and you can't, you know, run some play action passes or something uh, to put your people in a better position. I mean, it doesn't matter who's back there. I mean, it, it could be Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow's not going to complete a pass if he's, hey, you know, got one. I, I don't second. know about that, Rainey. He did, he did miracles last year with that <laughs> offensive line. And, but hey, well, that's a good point you guys are bringing up, though, and I think it's fair. So do you guys maybe think that's why Fancher was getting so much uh, kind of run yes. on Saturday because they thought Fancher he's at least an run. option to get out of the pocket? Fancher has legs. He's got speed. I, I definitely think that. I think that was a big part of it. Maybe his mobility could, you know, buy time and, and help. Steal one big play, maybe you score on it. Yeah, okay, all right. It, I, I, it was just kind of interesting how it felt like Columbia could really get into no rhythm passing because he was never out there. But then again, like we've been reiterating, there was no time uh, at all. I mean, and kudos so, to Troy. You know, what we're not talking about, um, Troy is a pretty good football team. You know, they, they should have beat Appalachian State. And, you know, they, they come home and they got some good football players. That was a very good uh, defense. That might be the best team in the Sun Belt West. Uh, I think they were solid. We uh, possibly, I mean, uh, you know, time will tell. But yeah, I definitely think they'll they'll give Louisiana a, a run for it for sure. Well, I mean, Louisiana you- lost to Monroe. 
Terry Bell. Well, that's, well, well, that's true. That's true, too. So, Troy got their stud linebacker back for uh, – who did not even play against App State. So, who knows how he would have changed that game. But, again, their stud middle linebacker, I mean, he runs – it looked like he run a 4-2 ran a 4-2 against us. So, I mean, it's like having a cornerback there running all over the field, just undersized guys that probably feel slighted all over the – all over the defense for Troy just dominating us. Hey, and you know what else, Justin? He's three times faster in person than he is on film. That's right. <laughs> That's how. Yeah. So no wonder we we didn't have a plan because we thought, <laughs> okay, we're going to pop a few runs. Well, well, I will tell you this: we clearly didn't look like we had a plan for their speed. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of surprising because like everyone loved Clint Trickett and the offensive game plan so much uh, in South Bend against the Irish there, and now the last – and now especially last week, it's like, man, everyone's kind of wondering what's going on. Maybe we just got to give a lot of credit to Troy. Um, so, I mean, do we want to put this one to bed yet? What else do we want to talk about with it? Well, I got what are you guys feeling? Say about that, okay? After Notre Dame, you know, we basically had the whole offseason to prepare for, prepare for Notre Dame just like we did with Navy last year, performed great in both of those games. Um come back against Bowling Green, you take away those two huge blown plays. One one touchdown, the first one to Gamage, Bowling Green blew up, and Gamage ended up rolling on top of someone and sprinting down the sideline for a touchdown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This was a blown coverage uh, touchdown. After that, what did we do offensively? Struggled. Not, not a lot. Struggled. So outside, so you got five minutes where we hit two blown plays for touchdowns, go up fourteen zero. After that point, I'm I don't know. I don't think we've been very good at all in even the Bowling Green game, even though you show almost over thirty points or whatever. So I'm not. I think it's two games in a row we've really struggled like that offensively. It that's interesting, and it's it's, it's kind of a a question to ponder what what has changed so drastically is it the game plan do or did did everyone kind of see what Notre Dame wasn't able to stop and now supposedly Bowling Green and Troy I'm going to give Troy more credit but Bowling Green was able to stop that too like that's where I kind of have to have to wonder what what's really going on You're never as bad as you think you are, and you're never as good as you think you are. Oh, Randy, speaking to my heart, man, going with the Lou Holtz quote. I love it. I love it. But the good news is, the good news is you've got Gardner-Webb coming in here, and it looks like the mighty bears of Mercer uh, really poured it on them. So I'm I'm, I'm hopeful that on Saturday uh, the Thundering Herd uh, gets uh, a win and gets to feel a lot better about itself and, and gets headed toward riding the ship. Absolutely. Hey, when, Randy, when you brought up Mercer just now, what do you automatically think of when you hear the Mercer Bears? The truth? Yeah. Andy Boggs, uh, former <laughs> yeah. assistant sports information director at Marshall who went to Mercer okay. and was at Vanderbilt for a long time. Yeah. Okay. What, why do you ask? You well, think, like, I, I wasn't. News I, bears or something? Well, I, I, no, I was hoping that you were going to give me something. Maybe, Ju- Justin, do you have something on Mercer? That, well, 
like in terms of their team? Yeah, or or not not football, but like <laughs> Mercer, like university. When you hear that, what do you think? Basketball. Oh yeah, you got to think the Duke game, right? Yeah, yeah. Just you know, you got to give those, you got to give them a little love. I don't think Gardner Webb's got to win like that in basketball that I know of. No. Made the tournament a couple times. Were they in it this past year? I think they might have been. Uh, yeah, I mean, so you know, they've got quality up. athletes down there. Yeah. So their one, uh, their one win this year actually, I believe, came against the former wide receiver coach of Marshall, Mike Fury, who is the head coach now at that school that they beat. I, I don't I can't even tell you the name. Well, I'm just going to say this. They only lost to Coastal Carolina by four. I saw that, Randy. They, which tells me they're capable of beating us, so we better come ready to play. I'm just going to say that. That was the weekend we beat Notre Dame as well. So that was Don't a ever weekend. underestimate your opponent. And, and something I think we need to say here, too. Maybe that's the something they need to be thinking about, too, as well. For people listening, why on earth is Marshall playing two FCS teams in the same season? This game is the byproduct of moving to the Sun Belt a year early. We were supposed to be playing Appalachian State in a non-conference game this week, but now that we're in the same league, obviously, that couldn't happen. And with the schedule shuffling, uh, so late and, and only having so much time to, to fill a void. Um, you know, I'm thankful Gardner Webb said, Hey, we'll, we'll come to your place and play or, or we could be short a game. Hey Randy, I want to hear something real quick. Can you give me yeah. coach Pruitt calling Gardner Webb having to schedule this game? Can you give me that no, real quick? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I don't think coach Pruitt would have, would have he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have scheduled Gardner Webb. Pruitt would have been trying to work something else that was <laughs> he would have uh, gotten NC State on the phone like we have yeah, here uh, a couple years from now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I was hoping, Randy. I was hoping you you know, but like you said, Co- Coach Pruitt probably wouldn't have called Gardner Webb up on the phone. Um but hey, hey speak speaking of App State, their loss to JMU on Saturday I thought was a little bit surprising and kind of now like the fun belt's been turned upside down. Let's kind of talk a little bit about the conference. Even though we have that loss now to Troy, I don't feel like we're dead yet in the East Division. Do you guys? No, not at all. And not at all. Now, I mean, it's like, <laughs> okay, I, that's good. We're not dead yet. We're not uh, dead yet. But here's the thing everyone can beat everybody. There's a lot of good football teams. And, you know, JMU, I knew they were going to be a hard out and I knew that they were going to be tough. Uh, I really didn't think they'd be able to go to Boone and win, but they did. And, and the sad fact of the matter for them is, you know, they're in a transitional year to FBS and they're ineligible to win the conference championship and they're ineligible to go to a bowl game, but they very much could be the best team in our league. So, you very, know, for what it's worth. And lose their quarterback this year too, unfortunately for them going up potentially have this great year and then uh, go into a new season next year where they're actually able to participate the postseason with a new quarterback. So, Hey, I'll give old Todd Centrino a lot of credit. The old former uh, Blue Raider there from Middle Tennessee State. He he was slinging the rock there for JMU on Saturday. That's a great rivalry, too, between them and App State. Kind of like the name, the battle for the Blue Ridge. And for them to come back like they did was was rather impressive. Was it twenty eight to three? Was that correct? 
It was, yeah. Wow, just like the Super Bowl. You know they're going to get some merch off of that. You know, definitely <laughs> going to try and th- throw that back at them. Um, now, okay, here's the thing, though. I feel like this week, if you're looking at this game from a betting perspective that JMU has coming up with Texas State, 22 points, the fighting spabs will give JMU a game. You got you to gotta take Texas State to cover there. Just throwing that out there, fellas. I think that's a, a given. At a quarterback, too. I mean, that dude's – I don't know. I thought I saw on ESPN maybe. Does he lead the country in passing yards? Uh, Hatcher? Yeah. Yeah. 1,067 already. They're, okay. they're throwing the they're throwing the rock around a little bit down there, uh, San Marcos. Hey, the best game that I think in the conference uh, this weekend, Georgia Southern goes to Coastal playing on the teal. That's a heck of a game. Coastal's a ten and a half point favorite. Do we kind of have a lean there? Do you think Coach Helton's crew will come in there and maybe knock off Coastal, or do you think Coastal's really that good? I think Coastal's decent, but I think what what it's going to happen, especially this year, uh, with the change in coaching staff and, and philosophy. Um, you know, you kind of get used to your opponents in the same league. Over, you see the same people year after year. And, and Georgia Southern was so unique with their option attack. Now that they're so different, heck yes, potential for huge upset. Uh, Coastal's not going to be used to that. They're used to the old Georgia Southern that they know and love. And, and now it's going to be a whole different ball of wax. So, yeah, that's definitely an upset alert possibility. There. Plus the Coach Caldwell kind of a rumor train swirling there for that Georgia Tech job, too. Those kids are hearing about it. They're, they're seeing it on social media. Oh, sure. And in and, and today's world with social media and, and everything else and, and the transfer portal, and all this stuff. I mean, it's a different ball of wax. I mean, it is completely different than it's ever been. And honestly, you look at the rosters, you look at how much things change. It's a crazy time for college football. I mean, you really, you, you go from one year to another, half your team can change. Just hey, like Randy, that. hey, the, the quarterback uh, or a quarterback that could have been playing against Troy this weekend, Jared Day, he literally, you know, has transferred like three times. He was at West yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, and then he transfers to right. Troy, and they're playing each other Saturday night. Like, that's another yep. great game. And I hope, I kind of hope it'd be poetic if Daggy got in there, had a chance to maybe do something. I don't wish ill on Gunnar Watson at all, and he's been pretty good. But it'd be kind of wild to see you speak about the transfer portal on that story sitting right there for us yep. to talk about this weekend. You never know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just a different world. I hope Ducky loses by six. <laughs> no, that's a true Marshall, Marshall fan right there. I hope they lose every time out. Uh, hey, when are we going to get them back on the schedule? That'd be a great a great rivalry for Marshall to try and play every year. Yeah. No chance. I don't care. I don't either. I don't want to give Western Kentucky any credit for anything. So yeah. So just let it Miami die. Let it die right there. Okay. Okay. You know, I mean, Miami of Ohio. Ohio University at Athens, you know, they're just schools that, you know, they're there. <laughs> <laughs> so West Kentucky's got a little more, a little more kind of uh, boiling of the blood for us. That's, yeah. that's interesting. It's all because of that one game and the game that shall not be named. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about it. Hey, well, yeah, don't, don't talk anymore about it. Hey, you know, there was a New Year's six birth 
on the line that day and a certain school wrecked it and I'll never forgive them for that. So fair. Fair. Hey, yep. and so let's, let's kind of circle back here. And I hate that I just use that term. Um, but <laughs> to, to Saturday, what are we looking to accomplish kind of springing forward into that Louisiana game on the 12th? What do we really want to see on Saturday? I want, I want to see it. Go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. You got it. Okay. I want to see us treat it like Louisiana. I want to see I want to see us pound the ball down their throat. Uh, I don't want – I mean, I, I want to see us win the game like we should, in other words. So you want to see a Norfolk State-type effort, right, Justin, again? Yeah. I want Let's to be fair. Ready to play. Um, I hate that it's Gardner-Webb, like – if I'm coming back home after those two huge losses, man, I hate that it's Gardner Webb because I'm afraid if we do come out like that, we're not going to get much reps uh, from our starters. So, you know, it's it is what it is. But I also look at it from a fan perspective. Like, man, we missed out on opportunity. That place would have been jumping had had you won the two games after Notre Dame. And now with being a second FCS opponent, I'm I'm afraid for the attendance numbers on Saturday. Yeah, I am too. What do you think, Randy? Over under. Yeah, that that's a tough sell. It's a tough sell. Um, but you know the diehards will be there. The the core will be there. Eighteen thousand. Uh, does but does it really matter? I mean, what I want to see, I want to see a team come out and and we need to really level them. And we need to to play, you know, good martial football, run it down their throat. I want to see a good balanced attack at some point. I want the defense to shut them out. Um, I want a lot of different people to play uh, and get the win and make it convincing and, you know, get the springboard into that Wednesday night game, which is what really worries me. I'm more worried about the Wednesday because – you know, Wednesday night, we've now lost to Bowling Green. And at Troy, two of our three wins are FCS schools. The other one is was the number eight team in the country, which is just crazy to be even talking about that. And then With Wednesday lots of the night, Bowling Green and Troy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know who's going to go to the Louisiana game on a Wednesday night. I mean, that's going to be a tough sell. Uh, I don't know. So um, hopefully there's a big crowd for that one. But, you know, I just want to see them dominate. You know, we should dominate Gardner-Webb in football, you know. Um, it's just where we're at. That's what our expectation should be, you know. Hey. If we don't, then that's scary. Yeah, we're a little, that said, should be we're nervous. I've been a part of many a game that we've lost that you wouldn't think we would have lost or we needed a miracle to win, including the 1997 Wofford game. Oh, I thought you were going to go Youngstown, Randy. We had to block a field goal to beat Wofford. With our '97 team, so didn't Danny Derricott didn't Danny, Danny Derricott have a big pick in that game too? Oh, Danny Derricott blocked the uh, oh, okay. that would have won the game for okay. uh, Wofford, the Mighty Terriers, and he wasn't even supposed to uh, to be rushing the kicker, um, but he did, and he laid out and blocked it and saved us from an embarrassing loss. So, uh, uh, Mister Lucky Charms himself. <laughs> hey, Randy, it's it's interesting you, you kind of bring up just kind of finding a way to win. 
And I feel like that's what this team's going to have to try and do this year because I think the offense is limited. The defense is going to keep us in games. They almost won it for us on Saturday. And I think it's funny how you said 17-14, and it looked like the entire game that was going to land exactly how you said. It's, it was almost scary at times. Troy, Alabama, I've been there. It's scary. Don't go back. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. Hey, well, we've got a lot of places down south we got to go, Randy. At least we're not going to Louisiana this time. Hey, I love the fact that we're in a southern-facing conference, you know, with good barbecue. I'm all for that. Definitely. I would – I'd like to get some right now, quite honestly. Do do you have some spots here that we we need to know about for some of these? uh... Oh, we need need to know about them. If you're ever – in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, or within a 100-mile radius of Hattiesburg, you've got to go to Miss Lethus. It's the best barbecue place in the world. Absolutely love it. Miss Lethus. Miss Lethus. I like that. Absolutely. Miss Lethus barbecue. It's like a little sweet sauce, or what what are we talking about? Oh, it's just delicious barbecue ribs with just a fantastic sauce. It's, it's, It's a little... A little sweet with a little spice, but it's phenomenal. Uh, you might run into Brett Favre. You might run into Tim McGraw, Faith Hill when you're there, too. Just a great place. So they're just frequently going to Miss Lethus. Anybody who lives in Hattiesburg or anywhere near Hattiesburg knows how to find Miss Lethus. Let's just put it that way. I'm in. <laughs> well, hey, I wish really, they'd bring really some of that stuff. up for a, really, really for a tailgate. Stuff. Yeah, bring it up for Tailgate versus Gardner Webb here. Are they a sponsor of this show? Well, I'm going to tell you this. You know what? I hope so. Maybe we could get them. Uh, Mike Montoro, who's now uh, with the athletics communication staff at WVU, used to be the sports information director at Southern Miss when Marshall first joined Conference USA. And Miss Lethes is the place that you go uh, where the ESPN crew will go, the TV guys will go the night before a game and get their meal. And it's phenomenal. And I had the honor of meeting Miss Letha herself on our first trip there many years ago. And she since passed away. Uh, but she was a nice little lady and she wore a nightgown there in the, uh, just a very modest uh, uh, restaurant. She knew how to make some barbecue there. Randy, oh, right? she did. And her whole family worked it and ran the place. And I got the chance to talk with her on that first trip, and I'll tell you what she told me. And uh, she was a very hospitable, great lady, some of the best barbecue in the world. And I said, Miss Letha, you know, I just want to thank you. This food's been outstanding, and uh, uh, you have a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, ribs, phenomenal sauce. I love everything about your place. And she looked at me, and she said, we're so glad you enjoyed it, and I'm glad you were able to come down here. And all the fine folks from Marshall, uh, I want to feed y'all, make y'all happy, but I want to tell you one thing. I said, what's that, Miss Letha? As I had my arm around this little lady, she looks at me and says, we're going to take care of you. We're going to feed you good. But tomorrow, Southern Miss is going to whip your ass. (laughs) And you know what? She was right. They did. (laughs) Absolutely. So that's what this whole conference is. I love it. I'm just telling you. 
There's bunch of misleases out there. <laughs> I hope. We need a few of those for the herd. I, we've got a few of them. We've definitely got a few. You know, Spitfire. You know, when people come to Huntington, uh, when I was SID, you know, people were pleasantly surprised with our food scene, but everybody loved Rocco's. Absolutely. I love Rocco's. Everybody <laughs> did. And people really looked forward to coming to Huntington because we'd always take the TV crew and those folks down to Rocco's and Canova and Cerrito. And uh, they they loved it. Absolutely loved it. So, Hey, Randy, you know, we need Rocco to get Rocco's. We need to get Rocco's on the street there, on the Thunder Alley or whatever we're calling it there. Oh, the Thunder Street? Yeah, Thunder Street. We need yeah, to get Rocco's cool. on Thunder Street. Yeah, yeah cool. why not? It'd be I cool mean, to have Rocco's at the stadium, come to think of it. Heck Wouldn't yeah. it be nice to have like a, a, a little fast service Rocco's kind of deal? That'd be Chicken cool. parm right there underneath the, the, the stadium. Like yeah. when they took away Stewart's hot dogs, that, that was devastating. Or obviously, or you do something like upscale food options in your club seat area, like the big green room, and, and offer something like that. I think that would be neat. Hey, uh, but hey, who are we? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like I like the ideas. Hey, while we're on it though, real quick, let's. I do want to talk about the DJ situation. What do the DJ situation? Well, Randy, right? You 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 were at the first game, right? Yeah. Is it back? Is it still there? What's going on with it? Uh, I think it's there. Okay. I mean, I don't really pay much attention. It's not my cup of tea. Right, but how could you not? How could you ignore it at times? Uh, I, you know, I I know that's geared toward a younger uh, college kid, so it doesn't really bother me. I don't like it. Takes away from the in-game atmosphere. You know, though. if other people do, then you know it's okay. Okay. All right. So yeah, no I, get off my lawn. You know, I okay. Just, I just, All right. You know, you got to try to do things for different different age groups and different folks. And I'm okay with that, trying to do different things. Yeah. All right. Hey, hey, Justin, do you want them to get off your lawn? I kind of do. Okay. So I'm going to draw the line down the middle here. <laughs> my lawn. All right. He can get off my lawn, but he can stay on Randy's. And then the reason why is because I don't think he's doing anything. If he were actually up there DJing and bringing in, All right. you know. I agree with that. You're that's right. perfect. That's there why he shouldn't really, be up there. It, it, I agree. There, it's not like he's – I get it. He's not like playing music, like a whole song for the whole stadium. It's like little clippets of whatever. Of yeah. songs that these kids probably don't care about even. Like, do it. If you're going to do it, do it. Don't ruin three minutes of my game experience for no reason yeah, get the kids hyped at least i'm with you justin make me go home and yell about it happening <laughs> i just you know what i just want i just want a classic college football atmosphere what happened and to the band i want the band i i've always been one play hey band. hey baby I want to hear that. You know, that's what makes college football different. You've got the marching band. You've got the cheerleaders. You've got the chants, those kind of things. That's what that's the pageantry of college football. When I grew up on the stadium music and all that, you know, it's just not the same. It's not. 
hey, give me a little bit of energy if you're going to play that music and give me some light show too. And then I'm, I'm in, I'm in, they, they can sell me on that, Randy. Yeah. Especially yeah. if it's at night. Okay. But like, if you're playing a three thirty game, I want the band. I want to see that the glare off the tuba. That's, that's what it's about. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like when they play mountain music, you know, that was always fun. Great thing. Um, you know, stuff like that. Get that stuff going. I'd like to see more of the traditional college. We don't need the YMCA, though. We can draw the line there. <laughs> but, you know, I just I enjoy seeing the students getting involved and in, in, in utilizing your marching band and all that kind of stuff. I think that's what makes it. Well, they better bring it for that Wednesday night game against Louisiana because that's, like you said, that's going to be kind of scary. That's I'm, tough for everybody, though. A Wednesday night, Thursday night, Tuesday night, you get paid by ESPN for it. You know, it's made for television. It's not made for – we've got a lot of fans that drive several hours to get to Huntington on a game day or come from out of town, and they can't do that on a Wednesday night. They just can't. So, you know, you, you take your hit – uh, for the TV, and I'm okay with that. You know, we did that in the Mid American Conference early on, and that's the price you pay for the exposure. And uh, but you know, you know, Saturday game's going to get you more people every time. Well, it's it's kind of funny you bring that up because you know, in college basketball, you almost want to play some of those tougher road games middle of the week because you don't get that crowd involvement, especially. In the mountain state, that's that's a great point, Randy, yep. that you kind of bring up there. Um, hopefully, we'll have a good one for that game. I, Dad keeps telling me he's like, "There's going to be twenty five thousand there for Louisiana." I'm like, "You're crazy." I, I don't know on a Wednesday night. I really don't know. I think Thursday you might have been able to pull it off. For some reason, that just that one extra extra twenty four hours. People feel a little more frisky on a and Thursday than they do to Wednesday. You know, while we're talking about this, just out of you know curiosity. What do you guys think of the tarps on the end zone? I dig it. You like it? Uh, well, I like the seating back to like it, what it used to be. I'm with you on that, Justin. 30,000 or so? Yeah. More intimate. Okay. It is more intimate. It looks better for sure. And I think it could possibly be louder. Oh, I like the acoustics argument. Okay. Yeah, if we ever get to a position where we needed it, I think it would be louder that way, too. So maybe App State, that's probably the loudest it'll be all year. Okay. Okay. That's good. More than, that's good. More than likely. I like the acoustics argument, too, though, there. Justin. I do like the band and the students in the end zone as opposed to in the corner. I, I agree with that, the acoustic aspect of it. Um, I, I just I, – I know that there's a plan for that. They're going to do something. That That's fine. Um, but you know, those 10,000 seats that are gone got us home games with Virginia Tech and Kansas State and West Virginia, what? people like that. So that's true. I'm kind of kind of concerned that maybe in this new era, we're not going to have as many uh home and home opportunities, but Oof. We'll, we'll see. Well, are they tearing them down? Like, I thought that's why they tarped them, so in case necessary, you just pull the tarps off. I'm under the impression, and I don't know this for sure. I just, you know, on on some message boards and stuff, people were talking through the about grapevine, Randy. We got to, you. We to got take you. those seats out and put in like a party deck area or um, something like that, like an open uh, space uh, or, or some kind of addition. 
Hmm. So, so kind of baseball know. center field esque out there, sort of. Something. Something. Yeah, I'm not a fan of completely losing ten thousand seats. Yeah, I mean, I know that you know when the university did that, uh, financing was an issue, space was an issue, but they wanted to get those extra seats. We were growing, you know, and uh, um, I I just don't know. I'm just of the school of thought, like, and again, I'm kind of old school now, uh, you know, getting up there at 45. But, uh, <laughs> Um, you know, we used to go to places and we would see tarps at Rice and Eastern Michigan, mm. places like that. Mm. And, you know, it's not the mm. club you wanted to be in. Ooh. You know, but that that's just me. Hey, they, they tarped the outfield and uh, left field at PNC Park too, Randy, so we're in that club as well. Well, again, God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> they are the Pirates, but... <laughs> You know, I thought I thought we want to hey, be a part of that exclusive club. If you're not selling club. those seats, then it doesn't matter. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter, and, and you're going to get some use out of them for whatever. But uh, you know, Louisville, you know, we needed those seats. Kansas State, we needed those seats. Purdue, we needed those seats. West Virginia, a couple times we needed those seats. Virginia Tech, we needed those seats. We're going to need them. But if we're not going to have those people coming to our place, then we don't need those seats. Which I think brings up a bigger question, guys, about the the seats is the fan base. Is it is it getting older by the minute and it's not really, really replenishing itself at times? I'm I'm kind of concerned about that. Yes. And that's been going on for a long time. That's been going on for a long time. We we have an aging fan base. Um, You know, Huntington has been in decline. Hopefully that's going to turn around. That's the goal, right? Everybody wants to turn it around. We need to grow enrollment, uh, start producing more alumni, get get more growth in the city, more job opportunities. And, it's like the student section's not great, and it hasn't been for a long time. Well, how many students do we actually have? What is Marshall's undergraduate enrollment right now? I know they list 14,000, but they don't have 14,000 undergrads. That's probably all of the grad school uh grad students uh that might even be branch campuses for all i know hey. but i know at one point when i was there we had fewer than we were right around eight thousand undergrads which put us one of the smallest uh public schools in division one fbs by far wow you know it's... we're down there in the wake forest area with some of the small private schools hey we look at wake in the football field <laughs> yep Yep. You can still field a good football team. Don't get me wrong. They make it work. Yeah. But I sure like the student fees that a school like Central Florida with 60,000 students produce as opposed to a school with just about 8,000. So Mm -hmm. makes a big difference. Yeah. Now one's in the Big 12 and one's, hey, I'm okay with where Marshall is in, in, in the Sun Belt. It's a great conference for the herd. But like Central Florida with that additional money is been able to kind of and the tv market boost itself into another class location too location middle florida hey well guys i mean how do we feel now after talking out a little bit do we feel a little bit better about the herd are we still very concerned you know still wait and see i guess it's all going to come down to louisiana and then proceedingly forward as we move as we keep going i mean but how how are we have we got to walk ourselves off the ledge a little bit I feel better talking to you guys. It's good to hang out with Marshall fans. Uh, I would say in order to keep that 
feeling we should not let Randy pick the score of this coming game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm okay with that. And I do feel a little bit better talking to you guys. You know, uh, uh, you know, a good friend of mine from back when I was in athletics, we used to talk. Um, you don't want anyone talking bad about your old lady when you're referring to your alma mater. But when when we're amongst ourselves, it's okay, you know, to, to talk about Marshall in, in, in those ways and just call it like it is. But if someone from the outside talks bad about our school, then, then we're fighting, right? Grab the pitchforks. Yeah, I'm with you. Pitchforks, we're going at it. So it's it's better when we can talk amongst ourselves. Didn't help the West Virginia stereotype there was grabbing the pitchforks, but but you know, whatever. You know, something else I want to say before we get off here too is we got good football coaches and we got good football players. We really do. Um, Individually, we got some really really good football players and we've got some really really good football coaches. They will get it fixed. We got a lot of guys on that staff who know what they're doing. Okay, real good guys. And I know they always have to blame someone or something for why it didn't go well. But I'm just going to lean back on the things that I've heard from coaches all through the years and the talks and the things that I've experienced. And the bottom line is when a coach tells you that the other team gives scholarships too, they're not lying. They do. And there's good coaches on that other sideline too, and they do give scholarships too. And on any given night, things can go their way, and that other team's going to beat you. So, you know, we need to take that into consideration, too. We're not always going to come out on top, and that's okay. You know, that's why you play the games. That is why you play to win the games, Randy, though. As Herm would say, the departed Sun Belt – or uh, (laughs) departed Sun Devil coach there. You do play to win them, though. And I'm going to say this, too. Bill Legg is a good football coach. Bill Eggs coached a long time, and he knows what he's doing. And if he's tutoring the O-line now or taking that on too, it's in good hands. He's a great football coach. He's been got to wait and see the results, right, and get this thing back on track. There's no reason that it doesn't happen Saturday, and you kind of hopefully use that momentum and get ready for Louisiana. And if you do well there, okay, well, now you're back to four and two. And and it's while it's not forgotten, it can be moved on from. Yeah, and you guys have got to let me pick. You got to let me pick the herd this week. I have. To. Okay, so predictions, real quick. <laughs> Go ahead. You guys starting off finish. It's a okay. name the score game. Marshall wins. There you go. That's my pick. Forty-two to three, herd. Sixty-three to fourteen, Marshall. All right, making up for it, Randy. I hear you because I, I, I just they're going to take frustration out. And I think they're going to do great so we'll see i'm concerned fellas i think we'll struggle in the red zone this week uh at times i'm gonna go with 40 to 17 i'm okay with that i'll be with that too <laughs> i think there's gonna be a, a few hiccups in the red zone got to kick a few more field goals in would have liked against an fcs opponent you know so it'll give us something to gripe about heading into louisiana guys Always fun running with the herd here, kind of uh, enjoying the herd hour. And uh, let's let's hope for brighter days. They're, they're definitely ahead of us, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Onward hey, and upward. I don't even know what Gardner-Webb's mascot is to say let's beat them. So let's let's go herd. Aren't they the Bulldogs? Isn't everybody? Yeah. Be Boiling, but there's only one Bulldog from Boiling Springs, North Carolina, and it's the Gardner-Webb. Oh, 
Okay. Oh, is that the name? Is that the name of the mascot? Huh? Is that the is the? I think the, they're the bulldogs. I could be uh, wrong. <laughs> they're the. Ghosts. I mean, how disrespectful is this podcast? We just—if anyone from Gardner Webb is listening, I apologize. We didn't do our homework. <laughs> it is the bulldog. Congratulations! Oh, yeah. right. I did remember. Right. I thought Springs, they were from North South Carolina, Carolina, not North Carolina. That's Randy. a North Carolina school. Absolutely, North Carolina. Boiling Springs, Springs, North Carolina. Sounds like they make a lot of peanuts there. Is that is that correct? don't think so but okay all right well hey hopefully the garden what was it (laughs) if it makes you happy then so be it i mean i don't know i feel like it's a place you get them at the gas station you know when you're like driving through boiling springs north carolina and you have those like terrible peanuts that they serve they're like really hot or whatever wait wait are you talking about boiled peanuts yeah i'll have you know that that is a southern delicacy i love boiled I think it's gross. Whenever me... I'm in the South, I've got to stop at a roadside stand and get me some good boiled peanuts. <laughs> so you're going to get a lot of that Absolutely. in the South. Uh, Conway, South Carolina. Let me tell you, I grew up right. Hey, we'll, we'll get to go to Conway next year. That'll be yes, fun. We will. We'll be yeah. in the teal there in Conway. Hey, get They're to... coming soon, too. Wait, we'll, Hopefully, it's we'll... early in the season so you can still enjoy the beach a little bit. Yeah, all right. We'll, we'll keep rambling because that's what her football is at this time. Okay. I'll take it easy. All right. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Go herd.